Hello and welcome to a flu-ridden episode of Retrospection, a podcast about old films and TV shows. My name's Colin, and don't do anything I wouldn't do, but if you do, take pictures. <laughs> and I'm Paul, and I'm part of an experiment that went a little caca. It's a very... I'm referring to, I'm referring to this. Yeah, yeah, it's a very posh way of saying it, though. Caca? Caca. Caca? Caca? Okay. I've, li- I've lived down south for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Rubbing off on me. Uh, yeah, a lot of things do. In this episode, we're taking a look at the sci-fi series Quantum Leap, which ran from 1989 to 1993. For five seasons, we followed Dr. Sam Beckett as he leaped into the bodies of people in the past, put him right, things that had once gone wrong, never knowing who or where he'd leap into next. That's almost as dramatic as the, the way that the, the woman on the uh, the voiceover at the start of the episodes does it. Almost. 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 Not quite. Almost. She's, 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 she's got the edge on you, I think. I, I hope so. <laughs> well, <laughs> a... She's a professional. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we uh, get into Quantum Leap, we've got a f- bit of begging to do. Um, if you'd like to keep the show going and our old shows kept online, then you can actually sponsor us at www.patreon.com forward slash retrospection. Now, for a dollar a month, you become a patron and have our undying gratitude. And if you donate more than a dollar, then Paul will personally come round to where you live and kiss your cheeks, top and bottom. Hang on, I didn't agree to this. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, wait, I never got the memo. What was going on? Where was it's, the email? It's, it's in the mail. All right. What, any, anywhere on the face of the planet? Uh, yeah. I'm going to be racking up those ermiles then, aren't I? You as are, well yeah. as diseases, probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. Oh, given them. Not, not that we're saying that our listeners are disease-ridden, are we? No, but you could be. And then you spread them. <laughs> Who knows, eh? Yeah. It's a lottery. It is. <laughs> <laughs> But eventually we're going to have a higher level sponsorship with special episodes that you can only download if you're a higher level patron. But more news about that in the future. But our regular podcast will always be free to everybody. So keep our podcast commercial free and sponsor us at www.patreon.com forward slash retrospection. Okay, enough begging. Absolutely. I, I just I just was going to say, you know, if you want more of this shit, then give us... Give us a donation. Yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll probably just do more of this shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you gonna do with your life, eh? <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> so let's hear a trailer for Quantum Leap. But if we can't find one, enjoy this. Hey Al, I've leaped into the body of this person and I don't know what to do. Did you touch yourself? Oh boy. There you go. Case just in case there's no trailer, that's it. <laughs> well, I'm not being funny, but you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> Uh, possibly. You would. If you leapt into the body of a, of a, of a, of a nice lady, for example. A nice lady? No, a nice lady, not oh, a nice sorry. lady. Yeah, that, that's strange. Not an Eskimo. <laughs> I was going to say Eskimo, you can't say that anymore, can you? An Inuit. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can get the word <laughs> Inuit to sound like Inuit. In. In. No, can't do it. There's too much... Inuent. Oh, no, it in doesn't. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. Out of interest, does, you would, though, do, wouldn't you? Yeah, maybe. Does Does Sam ever um, leap into a monk in the series of Quantum Leap? I don't remember a monk. I know he was a priest, maybe <gasps> once or twice. Benedictine. I bet he did. 
Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Is that all that was for? Yeah, I couldn't figure out. Gotta keep the catchphrase going. This is how it works. Yeah, it was three weeks ago. I'd completely forgotten about it, so thanks for reminding me about it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does oh. that mean a... I'm going to have to try and make a joke about a habit again? Because I've done that about no, three no, times. No, no, don't, don't. So you asked a question about leaping into the past. Who Who would you leap Did into? I? Yeah. I haven't asked point. it yet. No, but you asked me to think about it. That's what I'm saying. I asked you to think about it, but the, I mean, the, the, the listeners don't know that, do they? No, but I did think about it. Go on, then. Well, if I could leap into the past, I wouldn't mm-hmm. waste it on something trivial. It'd have to be something major, right? Something important. This is going to be good. So, you know the comedy writers Jeremy Lloyd and David Croft? I do indeed. What, remind everyone what they wrote. Comedy shows. <laughs> Again, another he- heavily researched episode of Retrospection, folks. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hancock's Half Hour. Yeah. Did yeah. they do Porridge? Yeah. I don't know. Did they? I don't know. But they've done quite a lot yeah. of stuff. <laughs> I, I know all you do is just record you, yourself saying and all these uh, different shows that they did and then insert it later so it looks really smooth, won't it? No. Those are the old <laughs> days. <laughs> <laughs> That's work, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sounds sounds suspiciously like work. Well, so, go on. I would leap into Croft around 1977 mm-hmm. and say yeah. to his writing partner, Jeremy, put that mm-hmm. typewriter away. Sending Molly Sugden into space is not the comedy gold you may think it is. And I would make sure that the pilot episode of Come Back, Mrs. Noah was never written. And I think humanity would be better for it. Wow. Do you know that show? Uh, vaguely, yeah. Molly, yeah. Molly Sugden yeah. wins a competition to visit a space station. You've got to ask yourself, what what were they thinking? Drugs. <laughs> Was it the seventies? Yeah, seventy-seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's so. That. So I won't waste my leap. That's what I do. Oh, oh, and maybe something to do with world peace and shit. You know. <laughs> if it came up, you know, just yeah, yeah, an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but but that's been the major thing to do. I think. Oh, interesting. Mm. Interesting. Did you have one? Ah, oh, I've got a few, but I'll pick one. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, there's lots of things you could do. I could, I could, you know, go the... Keep it um, clean. I always keep it clean. Um, I could go the humanitarian route, you know. I could try and save lives. I could ask the people at Jonestown not to drink the uh, flavor aid, you know, if I wanted to, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think what I would like to do is maybe go back and leap into the body of... Uh, Careful. One of our teachers at school. Very careful. I didn't say which one. I'd just like to leap into the body of one of our teachers. And, uh-huh. and, uh... which, which guy is it? <laughs> you don't know why I want to. Are you going to tell me or is it a big secret? Well, no. I mean, it would be interesting to, to, to live in that person's shoes and see what dicks we were from their point of view, really. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Well, I don't know what, what you're fishing for. What are you fishing for? I just didn't see that one coming. I didn't think that would be the one. That you'd I just go thought it'd for. be interesting, right? right? You know, I could I could teach history or something like that, couldn't I? Yeah, it's a good subject. It's a good subject. Yes. Can you teach history? It is. It is. It is. I could. I've, I've got A levels in history actually. Oh. Do they still do A Something rubbed off on me. Yeah. What? We, we discussed things rubbing off on you. Seems to be a lot rubbing off on you today. It's one of those days, Colin. Okay. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's what I would do. I'd, I'd, I'd leap into the body of uh, one of our teachers. Very, uh, it's very mundane. Not really, not from my point of view, it wouldn't be. I suppose not. <laughs> this is only, this is getting sinister, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um. No one knows us, really, that listens to this, so... No, well, no one knows our. Well, that's not true, is it? No. I think, I think there's one or two people that that went, we went to school with that listen to our podcast. Probably not. Let's hope not, eh? Yeah. Well, they'll just be racking yeah. the brain trying to think which teacher. I can imagine which ones they'd think I'd want to jump into. Yeah, Chris Noon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a private joke, folks. Maybe we should just get on with the show. I think we should say up front that both both of us are quite ill, aren't we? Uh, yeah, we've been better. We've been better. It isn't. It isn't the same thing because we obviously we don't uh, we don't see each other in person. So I could still be the same. I mean, we thing. haven't caught it. We haven't caught it from each other, though, have we? Oh, no, no. I, I I don't understand why you feel the need to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you'd be embarrassed well, if my... we did catch it from you. <laughs> well, I don't want your germs. Oh, too good I haven't seen you. you in years. I don't know where you've been. Classy, I don't know where you've been. Classy level of germs. <laughs> to me about coughing. Anyway, should we get on with this? Because this shit's going to be long enough as it is. <laughs> so we'll be doing the pilot episode, and then we'll be talking about the series, and then we'll be doing the final episode. Paul's going to do the honours for the pilot, and I'll be doing the final. Okay, so the pilot is called Genesis. Now, I watched it as a, as a complete movie. Did oh. you see the same thing? No, I have it as part one and part two. Ah, uh, right. I, I saw it as a, as a complete movie. Okay. Which is how it was shown originally, okay. at least to us in the UK. I think, yeah, that's the way I remember it, yeah. Okay, so we open on a deserted highway, and there's a futuristic car speeding past the screen. That sounds a lot like Kit, don't you think? Yeah, it does. Yeah, maybe uh, that was the only car noise they had available. <laughs> Belisara. Belisara didn't have anything to do with... Night Rider, did he? I know it was a Glen A. Larson thing, but... I don't think so. Okay, so inside the car is a man driving, and there's lots of neon. There's a, he's wearing a neon brooch, and he's, uh, he's tapping along to some smooth jazz. Mm, Second nice. time in as many episodes that we've had a bit of smooth jazz and some driving, isn't it? I think we should have it every episode. I'm going to do some straight after the, the episode. Driving or smooth jazz? Both. Oh, fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he sees a woman standing beside a broken down car um she's got a flat tire so he pulls over and she's wearing a very very slinky dress and neon lit high heels and neon earrings right so neon in the future apparently isn't there yeah well people do have those flashing lights on their sneakers yeah yeah you think so you think that, that they were um you know for foretelling the future with this do you mm, spot on how far in the future is it just out of curiosity do you know uh i don't think they ever give you a year right no, but it's kind of not too futuristic that it looks like it's like hundred years, does it? It's like I would imagine it, it's supposed to be like about twenty years from. Yeah, I could see that. Twenty yeah. years, fifteen, twenty. Yeah. I must remember to get my neon earrings out next time I go driving. That won't create attention, will it? Not in this town. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so Al says that he'd love to fix that flat tire, but she replies, "Oh, it's it's your only tux, and you're late for your wedding." No. Is it because this actress a little bit robotic, do you think? I kind of thought maybe she was meant to be a robot. Oh, I never thought of that. Maybe. Or maybe you're just, you know, being very generous. (laughs) 
Could be, could be. I think so. So she gets in and he he floors it, and we get he gets they get pushed right to the back of the seats, don't they? They go yeah. shooting down the highway, and the sound sounds a lot like turbo boost effect from Battlestar Galactica. Uh, borrowing from everything. It seems to be, and we get to one of Al's uh, the first of Al's many catchphrases that he uses in the show. He says, "Kick in the butt, ain't it?" Are you, are you sure it's not Benedictine? I bet he does. I bloody hope not. <laughs> <laughs> That's two now. You don't get a third, all right? Okay. <clears throat> really, seriously. All right, all right. We'll see. So he tells her that, yeah, the car's an experimental model. And in the distance, she notices that there's a dodgy special effect of a, of a smoky lightning thing across a mountain, isn't there? There is, yeah. It doesn't look great, does it? No. Well, in fact, it, a lot of the effects in this don't look great. No, they? it's clearly got a budget problem. True. And she goes into uh, Basil Exposition mode, doesn't she, explaining that, um, that that's where um, they set off the first atomic bomb and that there's lots of rumours that there's still a top-secret project going on up there right now. Not really that secret if some random woman seems to know about it. So, yeah, well, this, I seem to have a vague memory that this comes into play again in the series, that, that she's she's there for a reason, and you don't find that out until later in the show. Oh, I could really? be wrong, but I have a vague memory of that. Oh, okay. It doesn't ring any bells, but all right. Uh, so he gets a communication from um, Gushi. Mm-hmm. Great name. It is. Saying that Sam is in the accelerator, and we see Sam inside a large room, arms in the air, smoke billowing around him. Yeah, he's in a Queen video. He is. He's in a nice onesie as well, isn't he? Yeah. Just thought I'd point out the clothes. I'll be doing that a lot. So. Oh, whoop de doo <laughs> <laughs> I know you like it. So. Yeah, it's great. Al says, don't try to take him out, or it could kill him. What's funny? We get quantum leap. What's funny about so, well, you pointing out fashion all the time is that every time I see you, you're wearing either a Star Wars or a superhero T-shirt and a hoodie. That's it. Yeah. So it just seems odd that you're always commentating on fashion, but just wear the exact same thing. You know, the most stylish people always look like they're not trying, don't they? Is that what you tell yourself? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't want to burst that bubble. You're absolutely <laughs> right, Paul. Let's carry on. Okay. Right. So um, we get the title, Quantum Leap, flashing across the screen, and it um, has a little bit of a Superman vibe, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it has because mm -hmm. it looks drawn. Yeah, it, it does. And as the cast and crew credits roll, we get um, a point of view shot flying through clouds, and it's falling and falling until we slam down into a house, and we get a close up on a clock that's ticking backwards before it stops and then starts to move forward again normally. Mm. Something that never happens ever again. No, they do it later on in the episode, don't they? Oh, but when not they try in and the retrieve series. For a second. No, it never happens again in the series. And it, and in. In all fairness, it doesn't really make any sense, does it? No, it doesn't. Why would the clock tick, start to tick backwards? Yep. So, I mean, it's a, great, it's a good opening sequence, though, isn't it? And did you notice who the director of this episode was? Uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> That's your stock answer. You go there every time. You know yeah, that. eventually I'm going to be right. <laughs> when we do a Spielberg movie. Uh, Let's face oh, it, no. we're not going to do any Spielberg movies, We could we? be doing Columbo, first episode of Columbo, Steven Spielberg. True, 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 true. true. Yeah. That's true. Now, the director was David Hemmings. Oh, good old David Hemmings. Who's David Hemmings, Colin? He's the guy who just directed this episode of Quantum <laughs> Leap. <laughs> well, he was actually quite a very uh, big British actor 
in the 60s and 70s. He was in uh, Barbarella. Fat. Yes, he was in Barbarella, right? Uh, Charge of the Light Brigade, Camelot. Yeah, he, he was in Gladiator. That's right, that's was right. Yeah. What a big star. And he was in The Survivor. He was? You just looked him up, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and he directed uh, some episodes of Magnum, A-Team, Airwolf. All right, all right, you're just showing off then. I don't know, just reading. Unless you call reading showing off, which you probably do. Anyway. <laughs> I'll just gloss over that one. All right. Um, I suppose you should say at this point that Dean Stockwell's really, really good, isn't he? It, just from this opening sequence, we can we can see how good he was. Yeah, I've and seen the- him a couple of times recently in uh, an episode, an early episode of The A-Team and an episode of Columbo. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a child actor, wasn't he? I don't know. I think he could, he was fairly adult in his roles. <laughs> you know, when you say something and instantly you regret it. <laughs> that was one of those. Times. Yeah, like, hey, let's do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was it? You know, um, I can't remember. No, I can't. Um, yeah, I, I like Dean Stockwell. Apparently, um, Scott Bakula was the first person cast for the show, so he sat in on all the other. Um, casting decisions mm-hmm. and instantly um D- him and dean stockwell hit it off when he came in to read but inter- interestingly enough jack nicholson told dean stockwell not to take the role because he just i think he'd even won or been nominated for an academy award and at that time in the 80s you did do television right i think he even turned up in an episode of um you know one of the isn't scott Bakula the lead in one of these ncis tv shows uh, I wouldn't know, is he? This, that's, new, I think so. that's new stuff. Yes, we don't talk about new stuff, but they have worked together since this. So. Oh, okay. I think he was in Enterprise as well. Dean Stockwell? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, he was. So it's 5am and a man wakes up. It's Sam, although he doesn't know his name yet, does he? Right, because he's got memory loss. But what he, what he does have, though, is a voiceover headache. Oh, I hate those. <laughs> do you get those, do you? Monday morning. In a monologue. Yeah. Monday mornings, yeah, yeah. He got up. He didn't really want to go to work, but he had no choice. You know, that just plays in my head for some reason. Narration. Terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I would have pictured yours being a little bit more um, Mickey Spillaney. Oh, really? Like, yeah. he got up in the morning, thumped a woman. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, that's all. There. <laughs> have you ever read a Mickey Spillane book? It's just a, It's just a big bully. All right, we'll gloss over that one, then. <laughs> tell, tell me the answer, I'll punch you. That's his old M.O. <laughs> it, it, they were products of their time. I guess. Say. In many ways, so was Quantum Leap. Mm, so, that's true, yeah. That, and that wasn't a joke about time travel, either, in case you were wondering. Oh, I knew it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> So, so his voiceover is thinking that he did it, but he can't remember what it was that he actually did until a woman sits up beside him, and then he obviously realised what he'd done. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm not going to explain it to you. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Try to make a joke, and all you do is just shoot it down. It's <clears throat> so uh, she says, I'll put the coffee on Tom. Oh, and... does Tom know that? That's going to burn. God, <laughs> have you got your big book of jokes there again? No, I told you about this. It'd be worse it's, if I did. You do, haven't you? You got it on your knee. No, nope. no, don't stand up. I don't know. So he says he says his uh, famous catchphrase that I think he says in every episode afterwards, doesn't he? Which is 
Go on. Benedictine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you let me do that. <laughs> I can't believe I, let, I walked into that. I can't believe you did. No, uh, his famous catchphrase is, oh boy. Oh boy. Which apparently was an ad lib at the time. Wow. In the first that, episode. That was an amazing ad lib. It was, wasn't it? Imagine the others he went through. He's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> ah, <Alex>. fudge knuckles. <laughs> fudge knuckles. <laughs> Swizzlers. Yeah. <laughs> so his voiceover uh, condition continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he notices that she's pregnant, doesn't he? He does. And he thinks, yeah. he thinks, I'm in big trouble here. So Peggy, that's her name. That's right. Goes to make breakfast as he sits on the toilet trying to get his bearings. We've all been there, haven't we? Yeah. Usually I lose my bearings when I'm sitting on the toilet. <laughs> oh, dear me. Yes. So she tells him that she um, she got him some Burma shave cream. And he stands in the shower, still in his boxer shorts. He's, he's clearly confused here. Why? Because he's standing in the shower in his boxer shorts holding shaving cream. Wait. You don't do that? No. You can't, no. you can't shave in the shower. It's impossible. But you wear your boxer shorts, though, when you take a shower. I'll, only if there's other people in the room. Okay, that's all right, then. You're not going to question that one, are you? No. All right. All right. Okay. Too much information. So his voiceover continues, and this is he's a long trying to... voiceover. It is, and it goes on, doesn't it? And he's trying to convince himself that he's dreaming. And then he looks in the mirror, and he jumps back. Shocked at his reflection because it's not the same as the actor playing him, is it? No, no. Mind you, we, we've all got up first thing in the morning and looked at ourselves in the mirror and gone, Ugh! haven't we? No. Must be me then. Yeah. I look in the mirror and go, all right. <laughs> do you do, you do little, um, little, little finger guns as well at yourself? Yeah, yeah. But then the lights are off, so you know. <laughs> don't turn the lights on. That ruins the whole thing. Are you, are you sure? I think you really need to take down that face picture of Hugh Jackman that you've got stuck on your mirror. It might not even be the bathroom, for all I know. Could be the hallway. <laughs> There's not even a mirror, is there? No, no mirror. No. No. But it's a neat little idea, isn't it? You know, that um, that he's inside someone else's body and that every episode we, we he looks in the mirror and sees a different person. Yeah, it is. It is. Although mm-hmm. I think some of that is, we'll talk about, is the reason why I've never gone back to watch Quantum Leap. Oh, I really? Think. Yeah, I think. But I'll talk about that at the end. Okay. All right. So he says, my name's not Tom. Um, and then a little boy runs in shouting stuff at him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Spoke, spoken like a true father, eh? Yeah. And he says, I'm a daddy. Now, maybe he's not a time traveler. Maybe he's just a deadbeat dad trying to get over his responsibilities. Oh, that's a long game, right? It is a long game, yeah. Playing the, playing the uh, insanity card. Yeah. Yeah, how did that work for you? <laughs> I haven't quite got there yet. Okay, I'm just building up to it. Yeah, I'm keeping it in a drawer, locked away for right. emergencies. Mm-hmm. So Peggy says, are you sick? You're not going to fly if you're sick, are you? Fly, he asks. Does he, does he ask like that? He says, fly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. He's played by Bernard Breslau. <laughs> okay. So she tells his son, Mikey, <clears throat> to call in sick for him. 
And uh, this jars a memory, and Tom runs to the phone saying that he needs to call his office. I keep saying Tom, but by Tom I mean Sam. So yeah. shall I just refer to him as Sam? I would. Okay. So Because uh, it'll, it'll get confusing for our listener. That's right. Um, so he's trying to call his office back in the future, but uh, the line's dead. And Peggy says to him that you're dialing too many numbers. And he says, oh, what's the area code? And she says, what's an area code? Now... She seems to think that he's playing one of his legendary gags, doesn't he? Because apparently Tom's a joker, isn't he? That's lucky, isn't it? That Sam leaped into a person who has legendary gag history. But the thing is, if his gags are as good as this, you know, as him pretending that he doesn't remember the phone number to uh, where he works, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that legendary, in, is it? In fairness, though, that is a gag you pull every Monday morning. <laughs> I forget where I work. Yeah, like, oh, I don't have to go to work today. I don't even remember where it is. <laughs> work, what's that? I'm a man of leisure. If you can't remember, then you can't go. That's how it works, right? It yeah, is. it is. Them's it the is. rules. It's all very back to the future, this, isn't it? Don't you think? The 50s vibe and everything. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You even get Heidi Doody time on the TV, don't you? I beg your pardon. <laughs> Heidi Doody. Does that mean something different? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, they were very they were very risky in 1956, weren't they, on television? A bit of howdy doody in the afternoon. Why? They used to have to. We used to have to wait till there was a red triangle in the corner of the screen. Oh God, do you remember that? Channel Four red triangle. Yeah. The amount the amount of times I've stayed up late for that and been bitterly disappointed. They're the worst films you've ever seen. Usually <laughs> far and slow and nothing happening, but because they've got a triangle in, huge ratings. Who the fuck? Almost like they planned it. Yeah, they knew what they were doing, didn't yeah. they? So he goes outside, and it's a 1950s street with 1950s cars. Well, it would be. 50- it's 1956. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just clarifying it. Oh, okay. Sorry. And uh, his voiceover disease starts to tell him that this is a nightmare. Sooner or later, there's going to be a bogeyman. Mm. Bogeyman. <laughs> that does something for you, does it? All right. <laughs> so then we cut to him now in a uniform, driving along a highway. Now, his voice over here changes to past tense. Did you notice that? Oh, I didn't. Interesting. When it starts, he's talking, he's in present tense and talking mm-hmm. about everything that's going on now. Right. Um, but then suddenly, it, for no reason at all, it, it becomes past tense. Huh. Maybe because he realises he's in the past at that point? Really? Yeah. Mm. Okay. You're not, not buying that, are you? Not really. Okay. Now, he tells us that everyone seems to think that his name is Tom and that he's a test pilot and that the uniformed man in the car next to him is his best friend, Bird Dog. Right. Great name. Yep, Captain Bill Birdell. Nicknamed Bird Dog. Yeah. I like Bird Dog. You do? You, do, you want, do you want me to call you Bird Dog from now yeah, on? Yeah, from, from now on, I, I would like to be called Bird Dog, if that's okay with you. Can I, can I call you something similar but different, like Pigeon Hound? <laughs> pigeon, I don't know. Pigeon Hound sounds quite good. Yeah, that was too good, wasn't it? I should have. It was too good. Yeah, needed to come up with something much better than that. <laughs> tit wobbler. Tit wobbler. Right, but what's tit that wobbler. got to do with dogs? It has to be dog in the second part for this joke All to right. work. Oh, uh, um, tit spaniel. Tit spaniel. Why is it always got to be tit? The first word. With because you. tit is a it's a funny bird. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> You know the way I work. I do, yeah. Well, hardly. 
Okay, so they pull the car into a car park where a woman in a tight, shorty shorts... Crane pooch. ...grabs but That's not bad. I quite like that. Oh, God, you're not supposed to like him. <laughs> I'll have to come up with one for you. I'll, I'll, I'll think on it. All right. Yeah, so there's a woman in short, shorty shorts, isn't there? And Short, bird dogs, shorts. Yeah. yeah, bird dog's attention straight over there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's his nickname. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, he starts to tell her that um, how he and Tom, a.k.a. Sam, are the only pilots brave enough to test fly the X-2. Now, Sam mm-hmm. looks at his reflection again in the, in the car, and we get another um, shot. Now... Every time they do that, they always play that little bit of music. Yeah, don't they? they do. <laughs> that, like, ding a little, little, little yeah. sound. Yeah. <laughs> and they do it every time as something else happens later, don't they, with, do you... um, with Al? Yeah, do you think he actually hears that in his head? It could be, couldn't it? <laughs> That's why he keeps part, looking. Part of his inner monologue, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got a whole orchestra up there. And we get to hear Hound Dog by Elvis Presley, don't we? Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, there's always good music in this show, I thought. Yeah, that's one of the reasons it took so long to get it out on uh, Blu-ray and because of the music rights. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And in a lot of places, um, they've replaced tracks with, you know, oh, lo- for, ones that are cheaper. For different areas where yeah. they can't get the... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So, <laughs> sounded patronising, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. So Tom tells Bird Dog, Sam, obviously. I keep saying Tom. I keep, I have to keep saying Sam. Remind me. Every time I say Tom, say Sam. All right. Okay? Like, correctly. Okay. So Sam tells Bird Dog that he, he can't remember how to fly. But Bird Dog thinks that he's just oh, he's doing a bit. He's doing one of his funny gags again. And that we should go back to the, uh, to the hangar and tell all this to Weird Ernie. Yeah. This Tom guy, he's either, his gags pretty much make him out to be the most annoying wanker on the planet, really, don't they? Yeah, he's hard to like at this point. Mm, mm-hmm. So we cut to all the pilots talking to Weird Ernie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's some kind of doctor. And they tell him that uh, flying at those new speeds is affecting their minds or their memories. And he asks his colleague, Dr. Berger, Calm anything? Yeah. No, yeah, no, no. Just, you're thinking of food. I'd love to be a Dr. Burger. Would you? Can you imagine being a doctor of burgers? What would you do? I mean, what, what would be your specialty? What would I do? What wouldn't I do? What uh, do you have only medical knowledge about burgers? I, I'd, I'd be anything that, that you needed to know. You got a burger emergency? You call me out. Who has a burger emergency? <laughs> it's more common than you'd realise, Colin. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, you put too much too much on your burger. You know, it's dripping everywhere. You've you've, you've not done the correct ratio of condiments to meat. What do you just turn up, lick it off, and go, there you go, <laughs> solved. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be $200, please. <laughs> hey, it, I'm providing a service. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. I don't want you. Absolutely. I, don't, I can't imagine many people want you to turn up and lick their meat. <laughs> you beat me on that one, you know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to I was I was going to go for my second choice and mention buns but I won't. No, don't do that. So Dr. Burger says that he's got to come up with a way to test these claims. Mm-hmm. So he, so he's going to go away and think about it. Right. Gonna... As he's working on his burgers. Conduct a research project. Yes, over a barbecue. No, um 
Ernie goes on to say that the the um, the warning light that they've been getting in the cockpits is due to inadequate insulation, and that it's been fixed. Well, that's nice. They just put up some sponge or something. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it when you have inadequate insulation. Well, it depends where it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So Tom looks over and sees the um, he sees the neon driver standing there. Ow, doesn't he? Right. Yes, I, sorry, I, neon driver. I thought it was a golfing term or something. <laughs> I was trying. To, I was like, "What?" No, I'm just referring to him as the neon driver because at this point, Sam doesn't really know who he is, does he? Right. Okay. But he's Al. We know he's Al. Yeah. And he's looking very out of place. And Al says to um, Sam, "I like that guy referring to Bird Dog, doesn't he?" He says he kind of reminds me of me back in the old days. Yes, because Al is a bit of a womanizer. Just a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And Sam just smiles politely. And we get the kick in the butt line again, don't we? Well, we do, yeah. Never want to not use it in this show. Mm. And then we get lots of stock footage of the 50s jets preparing to take off. Yeah, very noticeable that it's out it of is. place. Yeah. It's really jarring. And it, it's really jarring later when we get some effect shots as well, because they don't yep. kind of match up, do they? Nope. So we cut to Tom's wife and her two friends comparing stretch marks. That is literally what they're doing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But then again, it's the 50s, I suppose. All right, so no TV. No, no. What I meant was, I mean, the attitudes, oh, okay. the very fifties attitudes. Aren't they? Right. Don't get me in trouble again. Right. And suddenly they hear the sound of the jets taking off, and they all smile at each other nervously, don't they? Yeah, because one of them could go kablooey at any second. Kablooey, kablooey. Yeah, kablooey. So Sam is in the cockpit of the. Um, what is it? It's like a carrier, isn't it? And he's, he's up front with Bird Dog, looking like a man terrified out of his mind because he's, he's afraid that they're going to ask him to fly. Right, and he can. Uh, he can. And another pilot, Tony, climbs into the seat of the X-2, mm-hmm. which is docked with the, with the, with the carrier. Mm-hmm. And Tom's just, um, Tom, Sam is just starting to relax when Bird Dog goes off for a pee. Right, leaves him in charge. Leaves him in charge, and Sam has to take the controls, but the plane starts to tilt, and we get some comedy music, don't we? For some reason, even though this is supposed to be a very dramatic scene. Yeah, they, they do that a lot, though, don't they? They, they kind of undercut themselves a bit sometimes, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's to make it less threatening for the time slot. I don't know. I guess, and it's, I suppose it's kind of a family show, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. So you don't want it too, too dark. No. So, so Sam panics, and uh, the ground control asks him what's, long, what's wrong. But luckily, Bird Dog comes back and takes over again. Yeah. And he says, you know what, I'm never going to fall for your gags. But there's a, there's a little seed of doubt creeping into Bird Dog's attitude now, isn't there? Yeah, because it's one thing to joke about losing your memory. It's enough, another joke to almost plummet into the ground and kill everybody. <laughs> That's when you <laughs> take, taking it too far. A, a, little, a little too far, yeah. yeah. You've got to know when to draw the line, and needless death is probably the line. You yeah, I mean, draw. You get the, it's the same kind of thing when you're standing at the photocopier, isn't it? You know, where do you draw the line? Well, tell me. <laughs> That'll be telling. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm not telling you. All right. So the X2 gets ready to launch, and Sam looks back to see Al standing in a tuxedo, smiling at him from the gantry. That's right, looking out of place. Mm-hmm. Am I boring you? No, it's fine. <laughs> well, I did like to say, but 32 <laughs> episodes ago... <laughs> Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
and we're asking people to uh, donate money for more of it. Yeah, so more, more, more yawning. Yeah, so batten down those hatches. Yeah. So he, um, he, he says to Bird Dog, you know, can you see that guy over there? But nobody can see him. Mm, mysterious. Now, we're going to learn that Al's a hologram, aren't we? The, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So why is, his, why is her and his clothes flapping around in the wind? Um, because he's got the fans on where he is. He's got the fans on. Yeah, don't forget, they're in the desert, right? It's hot. But he's in an imaging chamber, isn't he? Yeah, but the imaging chamber needs to be kept cool. So why aren't they on all the time, then? Because it's not always hot. Sometimes at night, it's really cold, desert weather. Mm. All right. You've just been contrary now, aren't you? No, no. I'm just explaining how the science works in the show. <laughs> really? Wow, okay. Mm. All right. Really? So the X2 launches, and we get some more stock footage. Mm-hmm. And a sonic boom scares Peggy again, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Yep. And the X2 accelerates to Mach 2.4. And he fires Rocket 3 and he accelerates to Mach 2.8. And suddenly there's a bubbling sound and an alarm. Coffee's ready. Now you say that, but that comes into play later, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I was sat in a cockpit and all your bubbling sounds coming from below, I'd be thinking, uh, <laughs> I think... Oh, um... I, I know exactly where those bubbling sounds were coming from below. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think I need to get out pretty quick. <laughs> Just, can you hear that bubbling sound? Not over the top of me fat and uncontrollable. <laughs> no. Sorry. So the pilot tries to slow down and tries to turn back, but uh, he starts to spin out of control. Whee! We get an effect shot of a spinning airplane, which looks even worse, as we say, when you hold it up next to the stock footage. It just makes it stand out really mm. badly, doesn't it? Yeah. And the jet explodes in the sky, and there's nervous moments... Yes, very good. Are you providing sound effects? Are you? I'm giving it a go. Okay. Uh, the jet explodes and there's nervous moments as the wives run outside. But luckily the pilot is ejected and he parachutes safely down. Hooray! They should have killed him. Why? Well, it would have ramped up the, 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 the tension for later, wouldn't it? Mm, that's true. Because you've already lost one pilot. It makes sense story-wise, I think, to have killed him. Mm, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Wow. Write that one down in my <laughs> my list of... Put it in your calendar. calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we had one a, a few months ago. I'll, I'll remember that one. Yeah, you only get one, two, well, three or four a year. All right, okay. If I'm feeling generous. Thank you. You're welcome. So it's later in the bar and everyone's relaxing. Bird dog's uh, going around stealing people's girlfriends, isn't he? That bird dog. I know. That, uh, what did you call me? Uh, crane pooch? Yeah, it's growing on me. Okay. So uh, Sam's voiceover starts again, and he's just starting to settle down, I think, isn't he? He's feeling... Right. Uh, he's referring to Peggy that... Um, <laughs> he says this terrible line, doesn't he? He says that even at six months pregnant, she's still stunningly beautiful. Still. Even at... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not good, that, is it? No, <laughs> it doesn't really not. work. <laughs> She seems nice, though. She, yeah, she's beautiful, this actress, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. But not even, or just because, or right. besides. Yeah. yeah. And then he makes it even worse by saying, it could be that pregnant women hold some strange attraction for me. Oh, he's got a preggy fetish? Yeah, well, he's going to suffer if he's 1950s, because there's no internet. Yeah, that's a very niche, hard-to-find fetish. He's going to have to just hang around at the shopping mall, isn't he, hoping? Yeah. 
Yeah. Little do you know, 50 years in the future, be everywhere. It would. It would. Not that I know. Oh, yeah. I just allegedly <clears throat> read about it. Yes, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so he asks Peggy to, to for a dance, and um, he says she, she's not very... Um, She's not looking forward to it, is she? But then he says, don't worry, because she says, um, oh, what, with this stomach? And he says that he can reach around. Oh, he's going to do a reach around? He's going to do a reach around. <laughs> Funnily enough, that's what people say to me when uh, when they ask me to dance. You know, but, reach around, reach well, you, around my stomach. You do have to put, yeah, I was going to say, you had nine months. Bought and paid for. Yep. Actually, no, that came out wrong, didn't it? Yeah. Um... So Al's loitering at the bar, trying to catch Sam's eye. Mm-hmm. Peg can't see him, obviously. Yeah, because no one can see him but Sam. Mm-hmm. But Sam says, oh, the bogeyman has arrived. Mm-hmm. It's a good line. It is a good line. Now, making his excuses, Sam wanders over to Al, who says that all oh, this is great, isn't it? Uh, and he starts talking about, like, Lithuanian girls and um, all sorts of stuff about parties and things doesn't he yeah he gets a little carried away he does so sam asks him am i dead which amuses al greatly and um it's the first time that, that al calls sam sam in this scene isn't it yeah so al realizes that sam has lost his memory he can't remember the experiment because he's because of his uh, swiss cheese memory as he refers to it right we've, we've all had those as well haven't we we've got one right now <laughs> uh, that's just um who are you that's just, you're just on the verge of blacking out. <laughs> that's, that's how unexciting my life would be if I was a time traveler that could leap into other people's bodies. I'd probably leap into my own. <laughs> no, no, you, you would do. And it'd only you'd be 10 minutes mine. old. You'd leap into mine. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> hey, wouldn't you want to be Dr. Burger? Oh. Yeah. You, you, you're saying you don't want to be inside me, Colin? Oh, I feel queasy. <laughs> There's germs again, that's what it is. Yeah, I don't think so. So Bird Dog calls over saying that, uh, you know, nobody's going to fall for the old talking to somebody who ain't there gag. That's called mental illness, actually. Yeah, I guess it is. Although it could be just, yeah, it is. Now you can't tell whether people do have an issue or whether they're just talking on the phone. That's true. Do you, do you still kind of um, look at people warily that do it, though? I just look at people warily all the time, so. This is true, yeah. Can't trust anybody these days, can you? No. Nope. Unless they're patrons of this podcast, then obviously they're the salt of the earth. Yeah, the most trusted people on the planet. Absolutely, absolutely. We love you all. Hmm. <laughs> so, so we established that um, with this scene, we established that nobody else can see Al apart from Sam. Right. So Sam follows Al outside, only to see him open a doorway in reality and disappear. Ooh. Yeah. Which is a different effect than we get in the rest of the series. Did you notice that? Yeah, it is. Yeah, It's an actual door with a handle, isn't it? Yeah, and they don't mm-hmm. do that later on. It's just a thing that goes up and white light and he steps into it. It is. It just slides up and down. Mm. And then when sometimes they just don't even do that, they just have him walk off screen and make the sound. Yeah, well, that's that's a budget thing, isn't it? Yeah. I think. Which is fine. Works for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sam asks... Looks up at the sky and asks God if he can wake up now. Does. You're doing that now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so driving back home, Sam remarks on how um, 
easier driving at night would be if the road had lines. I didn't realise that, that back in the 50s, roads didn't have lines down them. I guess in rural America, maybe not. True, true. Mm. So Peg tells him how different he's been lately, and it's for the better, she thinks. And he tells her that, you know, he's not Tom, and that his name's Sam, and that he can't fly, and he doesn't really know who she is. And we get another mirror shot with that nice little jingly yeah that's the one but peg gets upset by this and in the end sam just gives in telling her he's just joking she must think that tom's the biggest douchebag ever you would think so wouldn't you at this point it's like it wasn't funny the first time now you've been doing this all day now yeah and she's pregnant so she's got enough emotions running around as it is absolutely so next morning the clock suddenly speeds up again doesn't it and Uh, we get a reverse shot of the um the same thing that happened when he landed. Of, mm-hmm. uh, this time we're pulling away from the house before we slam back into the house and back into um, Sam's body again. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up suddenly and he starts to remember stuff about himself for the first time, like growing up on a farm, remembers his brother's name, his sister, and his dad, mm-hmm. who apparently died in 1974. Yep. So he tries to call him, but he can't remember the details. It's an emotional scene. It is, and he's very good yeah. This kind of stuff, I think, Scott Bakula, isn't he? Yes, we see that in the last episode too. Mm-hmm. So later, Sam's out fishing with his son, mm-hmm. making a hash of things. And his son tells him that, I know you're just trying to make me look good, Dad. He goes, yeah, that's what all dads do, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what you it tell is. your son. Yeah, yeah, whenever I, you know, I just, just try to make you look good. But he knows you're really just crap at it. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> it is. Still, I think he's still buying it, yeah. Really? Oh, we'll have to put yeah. that straight. Yeah, I'm sure you will. So suddenly Al appears again, and he's wearing a dressing gown, holding a cup of coffee, and he's looking a bit worse for wear. He's got a hangover. It's nice that he can turn up for work in a dressing gown with a cup of coffee, though, isn't it? It's your dream job, isn't it? It is, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Saves on laundry. It does, it does. So Sam reaches out his hand, and it passes right through Al. Mm. Now, what do you think about this effect? Oh, it's not great, but it does the job. True, and we they do tend to overuse it a bit, I think, don't they, down the line? Yeah, they have to keep reminding you that he's a hologram. Yeah. I suppose the nature of episodic television, isn't it, back then? Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's what, part of the reason, yeah. So Al tells Sam who he is and that uh, that he can't tell him a lot because it's restricted. Mm. But he explains that the hologram thing, about the hologram thing, and that Ziggy who's a computer back in the future. With a female persona. With a female persona, who apparently is the, the one doing the voiceover later in the series. Oh, okay. That's meant to be Ziggy. Oh, I didn't know that. And that Ziggy has come up with some theories as to how he can get home. Right. Al explains that Sam's part of a time travel experiment that went a little caca, mm-hmm. or caca, if you... If you're saying it properly. Yeah. And that they can't retrieve him for some reason. So Al explains that he can't tell anyone who he really is, and uh, he can't really even. And he, oh, and he explains to him about the whole body swapping concept, doesn't he? Yeah, that the other the body of uh, Tom is actually in the antechamber in the future. That's a really really great idea, and don't we get um, some episodes later in the series where we actually see it from the other person's point of view? I have a feeling we do, but I can't remember. Because I'm pretty, I, I think one that springs to mind, and I'm pretty sure there was a serial killer episode. Right. Okay. Where he leaps into the body of a serial killer, and of course the serial killer is in Sam's right. body in the future. Right. So we get a kind of uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. I think so. Yeah, something mm. like that. Okay. 
Al says that they're going to try to retrieve him again on Tuesday, but no good, says Sam, because he's scheduled to fire the X2 on Monday. Oh. And Al says to him flippantly, do you ever think of taking flying lessons? That's right. I'm quite surprised that he doesn't know how to fly, really, because he knows how to do pretty much everything else that comes up in the series, doesn't he? Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's pretty much a genius who's done everything. Yeah. I think it's just an excuse to get that funny line in there at the end of that scene, isn't it? And it works for me. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going down that 80s route now, are we? Yeah, we have to do that show at some point. Hunter. Yeah. Do anyone even remembers Hunter? Nope. (laughs) No, I agree with you. I don't don't even Stephanie Kramer remembers Hunter. She was in it. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine so. So cut to a barbecue, and the boys are all outside while the women talk shop in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Good, old plain days. Fo- good old days. Good old days. Whoa! <laughs> that, that, you said that, I didn't... Whoa. You know what's funny, though, is whenever I do a, a, a thing like that, and you're like, ooh, you say it after me. So all I have to do is cut me out of saying it and just have you say it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> This is why when I listen to episodes back, I think to myself, I don't remember it that way around. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. You're stitching me up, basically, is what you're All saying. All the time. No no home visits for Dr. Berger for you, then. You know, the only reason you don't get stitched up more is it requires work. This is true. If so, it wasn't for your innate laziness, I'd be screwed, wouldn't I? I, I prefer apathy, but yeah. <laughs> we all prefer apathy. Yeah. Great yeah. band. <laughs> they never show up for any of their gigs, though. Well, they were one of those early 90s uh, grunge bands, weren't they? Weren't they? Yeah. Apathy. Yeah. yeah. So plane flies overhead and everyone cheers. Sam shows um, more lack of aviation knowledge, doesn't he? Freaking everyone out again. So Peg tells Sam to go spend some time with Mikey, his son, as he hasn't spent much time with him together since being hit by a bus, apparently. Wow. <laughs> it was an odd line to throw in. I mean, the kid looks pretty solid for someone who's been hit by a bus. Yeah, was he? a small bus. Maybe it was a toy boss, a dinky boss. <laughs> yeah, he threw it at him. Yeah, they don't tell you that bit. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Throws it. <coughs> it's just a corgi boss. So Peg kisses Sam, and she gets an odd feeling. Hmm, that'll be the water's breaking. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was going to go with something else, but I won't. So... <laughs> So, so back at the base, Dr. Berger and Weird Ernie are mm-hmm. giving Sam a questionnaire to fill in. And some of the questions are things like, what's the coldest you've ever been? Um, where did you first make love? And have you ever kissed a fat man in an overcoat? That's a weird question, right? Although That is a weird question. I have been asked that before, but that's in a whole different story. <laughs> You've got nothing for that, have you? Nothing. I haven't. No, I haven't. I haven't. And... I don't have a I don't have an overcoat. Did you also point out that Weird Ernie's played by Bruce McGill? I was gonna wait and put, let you point that out. Oh, okay. Alright, well I have. It. Well I know I've just pointed <laughs> it out. It's Bruce McGill. Becomes important later. And we also get um a little gag about how it's the questionnaire's some kind of uh, trivial pursuit, isn't it? Nod nog wink wink going nog, on there. Nog nog? Nog nog. Sorry you just said. <laughs> Who's who's Dog Dog? There's the uh, Finnish version of the podcast, and I'm not aware of what we're doing now. We do we do have listeners in um, in uh, Denmark, don't we? Apparently. Yeah, but we don't usually uh, do it in Danish. 
don't 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 Where's your rubber chicken? No, don't. And he's <laughs> yeah. Swedish as well. So not only is not only doing the insulting Danish people, you've not even got the right country. Just just cut cut the whole cut the whole thing. Oh out. no, I'm leaving that in. You're a racist. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the thing again. So, <clears throat> and we also get a so we also get a cute gag about how it's uh, the the questionnaire reminds him of some kind of trivial pursuit. You know, nod nod, wink wink. <laughs> I prefer knock knock. Yeah, leave it. I can't do it without laughing, so just leave it in. So Sam's walking around the X2 looking a bit worried, mm-hmm. and Al appears now wearing a red shirt and a black fedora. Yeah, he always has very interesting fashion styles. Yeah, the clothing budget for Al must have been off the scale, really. Probably, that's it? probably why the special effects are a little ropey. Yeah, although we do get a nice shot of him walking through a wing, don't we, which isn't actually a special effect. They've obviously oh, just... right, they've separated the wing from they've... the body yeah. and he walks between them. Yeah, which yeah. which I can I, I'd rather see that. You'd rather honest. see him dismantle the scenery to make it look like he's walking through things. <laughs> it's better than that uh, weird chroma key thing that they do. That's true. Yeah. 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 But then anyway, we're, we're we're miserable people when it comes to any kind of effects. Really, well, you we? are. I'm more lenient. <laughs> oh really? Is that how it works? Yeah. All right. It's not the way I remember it, but there mm. you go. So using a piece of string, Al explains the rules of quantum leap. Sam, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Would you like to explain what the rules are? Nope. There's stuff about uh, you got the beginning and the end of the string and that's his life and he crunches it up into a ball and they all touch each other. Wow. <laughs> sounds, like <a> re- <laughs> sounds like a really bad game of Twister. It also sounds like something you're explaining to an officer or... <laughs> Your Honour. Or, or a psychiatrist at some point in the future. Put the string down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember that. So um, Al walks through the plane, as we said, and Sam asks him not to do that again, doesn't he? Because yeah. it's kind of freaking him out. I mean, yeah. it would freak you out if you saw somebody keep walking through stuff, wouldn't it? It would. It's very disconcerting. Then we get the whole theory, don't we? Um, and I didn't realise that this was, was something that was that they started in the pilot. The theory that it's God or some divine power that's using... The experiment to move Sam around in time to correct mistakes. Right. Oh, yeah, it's been there from the beginning. I never, I never knew that. I knew, I knew that they thought that he had to. Obviously, he had to fix things to move to try and get home. But I never realised that the whole God thing came in it so early. Mm. But again, it's a great series premise. It is, yeah. And I mean, they take it to the extremes in the later yeah. seasons, but mm-hmm. yeah. So it turns out that Tom, the real Tom, was actually killed while trying to break Mac Three, and. That to leap back, Sam must try to do it without dying. Yeah, that sounds easy enough. Yeah, no pressure. Nope. But Sam doesn't like that plan. Now, Hal says that he'll help him fly because he used to be an astronaut. There's a lot of multitasking going on here, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like yeah. he'd be an astronaut, does it? No, he doesn't come across as astronauty, does he? No, no, he lacks astronautness. <laughs> is that what it is? Is that mm-hmm. the correct? That's the term? correct, yeah, yeah, term that NASA always use. So all they've got to do is, uh, apparently, is to break Mac three, and then Sam should eject, and then he should be able to return home. Yeah. So, yeah. so he doesn't have to la- land the plane. If I hit him. Mac three, I'd eject too. No <laughs> ways than one. Right up the side of the cabin. Yeah. Everywhere, <laughs> every orifice. <laughs> if they paint it black, you'd be painting it brown, wouldn't you? 
Mm-hmm. They should just paint it brown to stare tough with, and then they won't see it. <laughs> it's when that stuff goes purple. That's when you go worry, you know. That's true. So later that night, Sam's thinking of calling his dad again when Peg finds him, and she asks him to promise her something, but she doesn't say what. Well, she, doesn't. she says, Prom- promise me something, but she doesn't actually tell him what it is that she wants him to promise. That's, that's never a good deal. That's how come you've got a kid, right? <laughs> uh, so it's next morning, and Sam hands the questionnaire back to Dr. Berger. Mm-hmm. And he's putting on his flight suit, and he heads out to the plane, and we get, uh, we get a scene of um, the wives all gossiping in the kitchen again. It's not good, really, is it? No. I don't mean the gossiping. I mean the, the fact that they keep dwelling on it all the time. Yeah. So Bird Dog's flying the uh, carrier, and he's singing. So back on the ground, Dr. Berger and Ernie are discussing Sam's questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And he's written answers such as date of birth, 1953. Right. Which is making what? Age what? What, what year is this episode well, set this in? this episode is set in 1956. Right, so he'd be three. Yeah. Which is a bit weird. Yeah. And... What had the most positive effect on me in high school? And he'd written miniskirts. Well, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And his most negative effect was pantyhose. Yeah. And they just assume that it's one of Tom's legendary gags again, don't they? That's very convenient. It is. So back in the carrier, the previous test pilot tells Sam that just before he got the warning light, he thought that he smelled coffee. Right. So Sam climbs into the X2, concerned that Al... Still hasn't shown up. Uh-huh. And Peg's looking outside, look, watching the clock nervously. Uh-huh. And he's counting down to the launch. And Sam at this point is just about screaming, isn't he? For Albert. Yeah, Albert. What's his name? Yeah, but no one ever calls him Albert. I called him Albert. Okay, didn't know you were that close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and Albert. Yeah, like that you are. <laughs> like that, yeah. But uh, luckily, Al appears, and he starts to direct him by, um, you know, he says, put your hand where I put my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had one of those <laughs> moments. <laughs> your honor. <laughs> and he basically guides him through the controls, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. It's just a shame, like we say, that the effects kind of let the concept down a bit, don't they? A little, but it's okay. I don't, don't remember yeah. occurring when I watched it the first time. We didn't know any better back then, though, did we? No. This would have been, what, 1989? Yeah. Young and foolish. Speak for yourself. I always do. <laughs> so Al says, uh, sorry that he was late, but he was at a, a Lakers game where he met a woman named Martha. He's always meeting women. He is. So Al's guiding Sam and everything's going well. So Sam punches engine three. I don't mean he doesn't punch it. He switches it that, on. That wouldn't help if he did, would it, really? Well, you could try it. I mean, at this point, you think you're going to die. I mean, it's worth a try, isn't it? I guess it is, yeah. You never yeah. punch something just just to see what happens? Um, no. Okay, all right, that's the end of that one then. <laughs> so, he, so he punches engine three and suddenly they hear the bubbling sound again right. that, uh, that warmed him about. And the warning light comes on. It's not the smell of coffee, realises Sam. It's the fuel. It's boiling. Ooh. So they shut down the engines, and Al tells Sam to eject. There's an explosion, wreckage falls, and Peggy's coffee cup explodes, doesn't it? Yep, it does. Sam falls to the ground in his parachute. Damn, he says, I'm still here. 
he hasn't leaped. Now, they do this a lot, don't they, in the show later, where they, they think he has to do this big major thing. He does it, right. nothing happens, and then it turns out to be just this tiny little thing later that he has to do. Yeah, they do overuse it a little. Yeah. Uh, so in the ambulance, Hal appears and admits now that he doesn't know why Sam hasn't leaped. And this three-way conversation in the ambulance is quite fun, I think. Because, you know, Sam's talking to Al and... Right. And the, the doctor's there as well, and he's kind of reacting to everything that Sam's saying as though he's saying it to him, and everyone's a bit confused, aren't they? Yep. So back at the hospital, Peg has gone into labour. Oh, interesting political decision. <laughs> well, let's not do politics. No, let's not. I, I didn't bring it up. You did. Labour as in having a baby labour. Oh. So Sam goes in to see her. They embrace, and he helps her with her contraptions. Mm-hmm. Contraptions. Contraptions. She's got like a, a mousetrap, mechanical device that captures little aliens. That kind of contraption. Or is it one like a water wheel that she's built that opens up a sluice gate and allows all her fluids to flow out into the streets? Ugh. <laughs> I think I'll go with the first one if that's all the same to you. They're both free. It's okay. Yeah, but I don't, want, I don't like the idea of the fluids flowing out into the street. Well, that's where all our fluids used to go. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. But, you know, medieval times. Oh, right. Elizabethan okay. times. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that we'll soon be heading back to. That's true. You'll all be, like, chucking your shit out the window. <laughs> I've already started. Have you? <laughs> yes. Good. It's good to be first. It is. You know, it's good to set a trend, haven't you? Yeah. Now, you should get a contraption. <laughs> I'll start building one in the garage. Yeah, why not? Get me tools out. Yeah. Feces wars. So... <laughs> feces wars. Yeah, it's like robot wars. It's what you build a contraption to cut all your feces away. I'll tell you what, if they did that in Mad Max, it would completely change those movies, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Chucking... Imagine chucking feces at someone when you're going 40 miles an hour. Could be dangerous. Could. You don't know where it's going to go, do you? Nope. Not got a clue. So um, the doctor tells Sam that the baby will be premature and that they need to think about saving Peg's life instead of the baby. But Sam tries to tell them that he can save both. He convinces Dr. Berger to get Peggy drunk, doesn't he, to slow down the contractions. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much how I dealt with the birth of my child as well. I got drunk. That's how you dealt with the conception too. <laughs> Were you there? No, I saw the video. Oh, horrible thought. <laughs> for you, for, every, mean. for everybody yeah, involved. Yeah. So if you donate five dollars to the to the show, you don't get to see the video. <laughs> but if you don't donate, that video is coming straight to your inbox. <laughs> yeah, in more ways than one. Yeah. So it works, and Peg's drunk, and the contractions stop, and Peg and the baby are safe. Ah. Sam kisses her goodbye. He goes to the window and he's waving down to Bird Dog as his son throws a baseball into the air. Mm-hmm. But we follow the ball as it's engulfed in light before coming down into the palm of a catcher's mitt. Right. I think this is the only time we see a connection between the leaps, right? It is, because usually you just see, you see Sam in, encased in blue light, don't you? And you know why? So, so the channels didn't have to show them in order afterwards. That's that's good, isn't it? That's, that's 
really good idea. Because mm. yeah. mm-hmm. I suppose that you don't really have to watch it in order, do you? Not until you get to like the third season and they change with mm. the evil leaper and all that kind of thing. True. True. So um, it's night time and Sam's now in the body of a. He's, he's standing in a baseball field and he's in the body of a player. Mm-hmm. And oh, plays a player. A player. That kind of, no, not that kind of a player. <laughs> oh, baseball okay. player. Oh, oh, right. And the the team are called the Bombers. Mm, they're called the what? <laughs> bombers. Oh, Bombers. Okay. That's the one. Steady yeah. on. It's a very Steady different on. team I was thinking of. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I dread to think how... The one I was thinking of were always bottom of the league. Oh, go on, say your catchphrase. I know you want to. No, no catchphrase needed for that one. Yeah, I, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so he, walk, he walks to the dugout and takes a, takes a seat. Mm-hmm. And there's a dog barking at him. Coach tells him to do something about his dog, and uh, his voiceover kicks in again at this point, doesn't it? Oh, the old illness. Yep. And Sam tells us that the dog um, can tell that he's not who he seems to be. So Sam tries to show the dog who's boss, but it only makes the dog more angry. Mm. But suddenly he realizes, as the dog calms down, um, he thinks he's done really well. He thinks he's managed to calm the dog down, but then it turns out Al's just standing behind him. Uh, so we, we establish at this point that dogs can see Al. That's true. That's true. And do you think for a second you thought that's why he was there and that he was going to leap? I didn't, but that's quite... That's quite I, could, I wouldn't have put that past them at this point. It's like, point. oh, calm the dog down. <laughs> leaps. It's like, well, <laughs> some of these leaps are a little pathetic, don't you think? You don't know, that dog could have had rabies and gone on to bite someone who ha- had a child that was really important, and if That's they died right. of, you know... Yeah, it's a cascade effect. It is, it's all little steps, butterfly yeah. steps. Yeah. yeah, butterfly steps? Butterfly steps. I think they fly. They've got feet, haven't they? Yeah, I don't think... I, no one talks about butterflies walking. They must walk somewhere. Yeah, but it's about flapping the wings, the butterfly... Flaps its wings and then lightning. But, but if you're not going to walk anywhere, if you're not going to walk anywhere, then why have feet? What? Because occasionally you need to stand. I mean, birds have feet. <laughs> I mean, I've got feet, but I don't really walk anywhere. So. Yeah. So yeah, then your analogy is rubbish. Yes. Yes. Oh, shot myself down. Uh, yeah. You did in the feet. In the feet. <laughs> shot myself off at the ankles. You did. <laughs> so. Um, Al's now wearing a shiny silver suit. Mm, lovely. And commenting on the team, Al remarks, it's no wonder that they're in the cellar. That's right. I presume you got this because you, you know about baseball, don't you? What, because I live here? But you were always, you, you quite liked baseball as a kid, I remember. Yeah, and then I saw a game. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he says that they've got as much enthusiasm as a $10 hooker. Is that true, Colin? I don't know, because I always ask for five and change. <coughs> Cheap! <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it's not bad. It's a good deal, I suppose. As long as she takes her teeth out. <clears throat> it's to clear my throat after that one. So did she. Uh, you sure you don't want to do your catchphrase again? No, no, let's sully You're it. on a roll. It, it, You're it, on a roll. Let's sully it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam asks Al to follow him back to the changing rooms, and uh, Al tells him that uh, a week has passed since he um, since he leaped. Which, Feels like it too. Well, yeah, and apparently, see, um, Al's just spent the time drinking and carousing, hasn't he? Yep, a bit like what you do between podcasts. <laughs> I do do. I do. I go to work. Oh yeah, when you can remember where it is. 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll discuss that. Haven't we? Um, so Al tells him that he's inside um, the body of a washed-up ball player. Yeah, I'm not and going we, anywhere we... with that. I did leave you a gap. But, I did, you did. I'm not filling it. <laughs> boom, boom. Oh, he's like being on Cracker Jack, isn't it? Yeah, we know. Um, but without the pens. I don't know. I've got my cabbages out. Well, you lost me now. You remember, cab- you know, cabbages? Nope. Used- well, I remember what the, the vegetable is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you're actually asking, then yes, I'm aware of the vegetable called a cabbage. Cracker crack Jack, they used to do this thing where they had to hold all the toys, didn't they? And, and then they'd put cabbages on them. Oh, yes, I remember now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> See, I wasn't having a moment. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, we get the obligatory mirror shot again, don't we? It's quite a nice one, this one. It works quite well. I think it's not a special effect. I think it's just a guy on the other side of a bit of glass, isn't it? Leaning out at the exact same moment. Could be, yeah. <sighs> Sam wants to know what he needs to do. And we get a gag about um, Al having no reflection in the mirror. Are you a vampire? I could be. I mean, there's no reason why you can't be. At this point, I suppose not. No. no. So Sam realised that this isn't a, an exact science. Mm-hmm. And he says, I could be bouncing around in time forever. Mm. Five years, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not forever. <laughs> I was optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. So Al says that Ziggy, the computer, is uh, depressed and she, she can't help. Who created it? Asks Sam. You did, replies Al. Quantum Leap is your project. I'll tell Sam that he's got six doctorates. I mean, I bet he's not a doctor of burgers, though, is he? No, no. One of them's a medical doctorate, of course, but yeah, no burger. No burgers. Nope. I'm not interested. No. So, <laughs> so feeling sorry for him, Al finally tells Sam that his last name is Beckett. Now, this stirs his memory, and Sam manages to finally call his dad. And they have a moving conversation where Sam gets some advice by pretending to be a distant relation, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, another moving scene. Yeah, it's a really good scene. Um, you know, I think Scott Bakula's homespun sort of American charm kind of thing helps to sell it all, doesn't it? Yeah. And you've got the um, the Warburton's theme playing over the background of it, haven't you? Uh, yes, you know, yes. Yeah, the... the um, cobbled streets, Ecky Thump and all that. Yeah, maybe it's a finger. Hungry for bread. <laughs> Hungry for Bread. It's a good album title. Hungry for Bread? Oh, it's not bad, is it? Yeah. Hungry, hungry for Bread. Yeah, Best and... album by Doc... Debut album by Dr. Burger. And you'd release it on vinyl, and you wouldn't have sides, you'd have slices. Very good. Yeah. Get on it. Yeah. So, um, Sam hangs up, and we get uh, we get a shot of his dad at home, and a young teenage Sam comes into the kitchen. This didn't really work for me, I don't think, because... I don't know, I think putting Scott Bakula's voice from the mouth of the kid just pulls you out of it a bit. It's a little weird. It is a bit weird. Yeah. Because he sounds like a grown man, doesn't he? Yeah. So Sam thanks God and goes out onto the baseball field to the sound of his voiceover again. Mm-hmm. And we get his mission statement, don't we? Yeah. Uh, Sam goes out to the bat, out to bat, and the coach tells him that he's due to retire soon and he doesn't want to go out in the cellar. I should leave for a different exit, though. It's probably cold down there as well. Yeah, freezing. Rats. What? Rats? Probably, in the cellar. All right. So Sam steps up to the plate. Strike one. Strike two. Wait for it. Wait for it. Strike three. And he do a slow motion swing, doesn't he? And he misses. 
Yeah. But, but they fumble the ball. So Sam runs and he runs and they keep fumbling the ball and he runs some more and then he slides and he's in and the crowd goes wild. Was that exciting the way I did that? I, I almost went wild, like ferocious. <laughs> I could see it in your face, actually. Mm. You look at it. Yeah. So then a blue light suddenly engulfs Sam and he finds himself standing in front of a blackboard wearing glasses and smoking a pipe. And the students are all looking expectantly at him. And the pipe slowly droops. I hate when that happens. Yeah, I know. I hate it when my pipe yeah. droops. We could get some more fuel in there. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the part. Oh, that was a long ride. <laughs> so now we're going to the final episode of Quantum Leap. That's the end of the fifth season. And it's called Mirror Image. Yeah. It's a bit of a weird one, this one, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> Sam leaps into a bar and it's a hot, sweltering day. And he's. <laughs> oh, to what you were going to say then? <laughs> That's what it is, isn't it? You can tell the heat's rising <laughs> from the outside. And there's no one in the bar except uh, the bartender, played by Bruce mm-hmm. McGill, who we saw in the pilot episode playing Weird. What was his name? Weird Ernie? Ernie. Yeah, it is weird. Ernie. Playing Weird Ernie. He doesn't actually acknowledge that he recognises him, does he? No, he doesn't, because for this episode, he seems to have trouble remembering previous leaps. Yeah. Now... Stuff sort of comes, which which is relevant to what happens, isn't it? Right. So he goes over, and he discovers that the bartender is called Al. That's right, yeah. Yeah, a bit strange. And the bartender pours him a drink, which costs 15 cents. That's a a drink bear for you, right? I want a quantum leap back to that to that time, please. Well, that would be great. They'd be closed within three days. <laughs> I'd never leave. All right, we've nothing left. Look at him; he's just drank it all. He doesn't even get glasses now. He just lays under just the casks. The <laughs> These pictures you paint of me on this podcast yeah. accurate sketches. <laughs> sketchy more like. so sam looks into the bear mirror and he sees himself for the first time in five years the way he reacts to it is a man because you forget he's not seen his face for five years so he's like startled by the white strands in his hair and the 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 lines around his eyes Mm -hmm. yeah so he asks the bartender if he's got a newspaper and the bartender says he's got the sports section sam checks it and the paper is the day that he was born, August the 8th, 1953. That's right. And he discovers that he was born roughly around the time that he leaped into this bar. Very strange. Mm. And then without warning, an old man with a very impressive beard enters. It is. Drinks a beer and then leaves. This, is, this guy's played by William Morgan Shepherd, who, um, of course, was in Hawk the Slayer. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, uh, he's also the dad of. Um, he's the father of uh, an actor who's well known in a lot of genre TV, uh, Mark Shepard. Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Interesting. Thanks for that fact, Hound. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Okay. <laughs> the guy's name is Gucci. Yeah, so there's a trend yeah, going on here, isn't which there? Which Sam, and Sam runs out of the bar to follow him, but the guy's gone. And as he looks mm-hmm. back, he sees the name on the window that says Owl's Place. So now he's got two names that are from his own timeline. Mm-hmm. 
So he goes back into the bar and he mentions to Al that he knows a Gushi and it's an unusual name and both Gushis have bad breath. Well, it's a problem. It is. For some. <laughs> well, I haven't got bad breath. I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, if you donate to our Patreon... <laughs> <laughs> You'll breathe in a bag and send it to you. <laughs> yes. I'm prepared to, to sell off parts of my but, body. Bear so. in mind the bag would be 90% alcoholic proof, but... <laughs> Well, there you go. Yeah. You're getting a bonus. Just breathe it in. You'll be, you, you know, you'll be... Uh, Dead. You'll be flying. <laughs> so then a, a guy called Stupper enters the bar, and then Stupper starts saying that, oh, he, he himself is the best miner there ever was, that he could carry all these loads, and this heaving coal all this time made him a cripple, and he uses the word cripple. He does, he does. Yeah. We're in the 50s, so it's yep. fine. And another guy enters called Staunchy, and he looks like somebody Sam knew in a previous sleep, but this guy isn't him. Yes. And so there's all these people turning up now, and the miners, and they start to joke that Sam might be from the liquor board, and Sam says, oh, I can prove I'm not, and gets his wallet out, but it's his actual modern-day wallet from 1998. Yeah, it's, it's a Velcro one. I had one of Which, those. by the way... Tells us the time that the show is set in is 1998. Which would have been about 10 years yeah. from the first season, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We solved our own query from just the beginning of the episode. it was there. There you go. Now we've got... At least the, we, should, we should say these two actors. Um, the first one is um, Stephen McCatty, who's a well-known um, character actor. He's in things like... Um, 300 and um uh, he's been every tv show going highlander um all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. but the the other guy's played by richard hurd now that's a tj hooker connection oh right? it is yeah because <laughs> he played well he plays the captain captain sheridan captain sheridan right and tj hooker who is uh, mm-hmm. stacy sheridan's dad you just had to mention her didn't you why wouldn't i Fair enough. Can't really argue with that one. You always have to mention Heather Locklear. Now, you know that's going to get you in trouble one day. Why? If you say a name three times, she doesn't... How's it going to get me in trouble? She doesn't appear. appear. (laughs) Trust me, she doesn't. (laughs) How's it going to get me in trouble? I don't know. It's just the pictures of you jumping out at people from bushes going, Heather Locklear. Yeah, but one day I might be right. Well, you know, the law of averages, if you do it enough mm-hmm. time. That's great, yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. Let me know how that goes for you. Oh, you'll read about it. I'm sure I will, <laughs> when I'm presenting the podcast by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go back to present day, and uh, we're back at, I guess you call it a headquarters, I suppose, the the lab yeah. where everything took place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gushi and uh, Al, they don't know where Sam is because the body that usually appears in the future, there isn't one in the anteroom. It's empty. Which means that Sam's body's disappeared, doesn't it? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And now back in the uh, bar, miners have started to turn up. It's a busy tavern. And uh, he's watching a TV show called Captain Zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now one of the miners comes up to him and he looks like somebody who played a sci-fi character that he encountered in a previous leap. And this miner's name is Ziggy. Ziggy. 
mm-hmm. which is cast the name of the computer in Sam's present day. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot. You know, this episode reminds me a lot of um, that TNG episode, that Star Trek Next Generation episode that's set in Data's mind. Oh, okay. Can you narrow it down? <laughs> oh, yeah, that is true. You know the one where they're on a train? Oh, yes, yes, where, yeah. where they're, they're going, the train's, it's aliens and the train's going to somewhere. That's the one. And everyone's yeah. playing different parts on the train. And, right. And, yeah. Right. It reminded me of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has a very uh, Twilight zone feel about it. It does. And, it, and I can imagine people being quite taken aback by this after the tone of the show up to this point. You know, yeah. we've had five, five seasons of, of just straightforward stories of him solving problems. Yeah, and it's a very small episode because it takes place mostly, well, it's pretty much all in this bar, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. A couple of scenes, yeah. Um, Ziggy starts talking about using a machine gun. He seems obsessed with machine guns for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the bartender uses the phrase, caca. He Some, does, doesn't he? Yeah, something Al usually does. And this, you know, perks Sam's interest. And so he goes over to Al and they start talking. And Al offers him a go at a game for a nickel. And the prize is $10. And the answer to Sam's question. Which basically wants to know if he's got, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. He wants mm-hmm. to know. Because he, he, he's beginning to suspect that this Al is the one that's been controlling his leaps all this time. Yes. Yes. So Sam plays the game, but he doesn't win. And now says you'll have to find the answer out yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the future, Al enters the imaging chamber and they're trying to lock on to Sam. Yeah, it's an interesting shot because I, I, I don't recall ever seeing the imaging chamber shown this way in any other episode. No. Maybe wrong. Maybe. But I don't it's I just think like it's just like a whirlwind of images all spinning around him, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of that would be moving so fast that they'd make your hair blow, right? And your clothes mm-hmm. blow. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not spinning when he finds where he's going, though, is it? Mm-hmm. It's not constantly spinning. How confusing ah, would that be? Hates it when I'm right. Have you heard it? <laughs> hates it. Hates oh, is that it. Another, is that another catchphrase? Yeah, hates it when I'm right. Hates it when I'm right. He hates it. So a whistle blows. There's trouble in mine. Trouble in mine. Trouble yeah. in mine. An explosion. Two men are trapped. The mine is filling with gas. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> at, the, at the pit, the miners are arguing about what to do with the mine boss. <laughs> is, is that what he is? The mine boss? <laughs> yeah, that's what they call him. Did you not know that? Yeah, you'd be confused if you got him mixed up with the mine boss, wouldn't you? No, yeah, he's just like, what, what do we do? And he's just... Doing a box <laughs> with his hands. Visual, visual gag, folks. It doesn't work in a podcast. Drawing a question back in the air. He's going, he won't tell us what to do. Oh, he's the mind boss. Okay, we need the other guy. White face. <laughs> Racist. Oh, God. You know what I mean. Top hat, white face. Is that your party gear? <laughs> that's what I'm wearing now can you yeah. see oh yeah it's nice I like it it's a very tall yeah. top hat mm-hmm. I don't understand the flower in it though it's just for um, it's aesthetic okay which which you know don't get confused with anesthetic because <laughs> that's not good so Stubter says he needs to find a way to get Pete and Staunchy out because those are the two that are trapped in the mine mm-hmm. Stumper starts to detail what the two are going through the water rising the 
fact that they may be thinking about dying and and it's almost as if he's down there with them uh, Sam mm-hmm. asks him how do you know all this and Stotter reveals that he's been there before yeah he's going for it big time as well acting wise isn't he here mm-hmm. yeah but he's a good actor McCatty's a good actor yes so they're back at the uh, the bar and Al tells Sam and remember when I'm saying Al I'm talking about the Bruce McGill bartender not yeah sure. mm-hmm. very confusing Mm-hmm. And he says, you're not here to save them. So Sam asks, well, why am I here? But Al doesn't give a straight answer. But it's obvious that he knows more than he's admitting. But he's not God, though. No, he actually says he's not God, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Sam then decides to go help the miners by pretending to be someone from the mine safety board and mm-hmm. confuses the guards to get the miners down into the shafts so they can go rescue the other two that are trapped. Does one of the miners tell Sam I've been working bottom since I was 12? Yeah, he was in that baseball team. <laughs> that, was a rather, that was a rather clean uh, <laughs> joke that you made there. Yeah, you weren't expecting what I thought that. you were going to say. Yeah, you yeah, weren't expecting that at all, are you? See? Yeah, you took, took me by surprise. We can do a family show. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Manson family, maybe. I don't know. Be careful. not allowed to mention them. Why not? Well, mention the Manson family, then you've got to mention Quentin Tarantino, and then a whole can of worms opens up. <laughs> yeah, all right. We don't want to do that, do we? No. No. Uh, so, Sam manages to get the miners down into the mine shaft. Meanwhile, back in the future, Al's an idea that wherever Sam is, it's on his birthday. So that narrows down the date. Mm-hmm. Back at the bar, Sam talks about a time he didn't help in the past. He talks about that he didn't help Al. He didn't save Al's marriage because that wasn't his task and Sam always plays by the rules. Al, he does. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a social justice warrior, really, isn't he? <laughs> okay. But uh, Al, was, uh, <laughs> Al was a prisoner of war in Vietnam and his wife at the time, Beth, didn't know he was alive or dead and didn't wait for him. Pretty much. And that was a previous episode, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a two-parter set in Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. So all the miners suddenly come back and they're all happy and cheering. Pete and Staunch are saved. Mm-hmm. And as they're all celebrating, Sam turns to give Strumper the credit. Strumper smiles. And then is engulfed in the blue light that we see Al, uh, Al, that we see Sam usually leap away in. Nobody else so- in the tavern knows who Sam is talking about now. Strumper is gone. He's leapt away. So he's a leaper. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I didn't see any saws or anything. Oh, sorry, that's a leper. I, I always get those confused. Uh, no, no bandages and missing no, thumbs. No, okay. Yeah. Now Gushy, the miner, enters saying he knew Stumper. Gushy says Stumper was the only miner to escape an explosion. Mm-hmm. So Sam's now happy that at least someone recognizes the fact that it was a person called Stumper there. But then yeah. Gushy says, oh, Stumper died 20 years ago. So who did Sam meet? So how, what's your interpretation of this then? Because I was a bit confused, I have to say. Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Mm. I don't quite know what's going on here. There's, there's, we'll two, talk, we'll... there's two occurrences in this where I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But we'll Which talk is... about it at the end when we're summing it up. And stuff, okay. But, yeah. So back at uh, the lab, my, uh, a normal owl is going to throw up. And he leaves the chamber, and they can't find Sam. But then Gushy realizes that they were checking every birthday of Sam's, but not his mm-hmm. actual birthday. 
Yeah. So we go back to the bear. Yeah. And uh, Goshi is there. Mm-hmm. It's the bearded Goshi. But when Sam looks in the mirror, Goshi does not look like his reflection. So this is a bear of leapers, then? A bear of leapers, it appears to be. Although, mm-hmm. are they all different reflections, or is it just it's Goshi... Just Gushy and Stumper, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we assume Stumper. I mean, we didn't see his reflection. Mm-hmm. Al says, can you accept what you see as reality? I get asked that every day. Do you? Can yeah. you? Don't you just ask it yourself when you look in the mirror? And I, and I accept none of it. Especially lately. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Sam and Al have a, dis, uh, you know, a talk about who is controlling Sam's leaping. And mm-hmm. Al says, the one that's been making you leap through time... Is you. But Sam doesn't accept that as an answer. No, I, I interpreted this as the, as the it really is Sam that's doing it because he, doesn't he say later that he, he conceived of Quantum Leap because he wanted to help people? Right, right. But here he's saying, like, I didn't build a time machine to change one life at a time. Mm-hmm. And Al points out that you've touched more people than you know. Butterfly so this, effect again, isn't it? Yeah, the, the walking mm-hmm. butterfly. <laughs> They've got feet, I'm telling you. I'm not denying that they have feet. I'm just saying that's not what usually people think of when they think butterflies. Yeah, yeah I, I acknowledge that, but my point of view is that they've got feet, they must use them, so they do walk. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sam says he doesn't want to do it anymore. I just want to go home. And Al says, then go home. But Sam mm-hmm. says he doesn't control it. Mm-hmm. Finally, the real Al manages to locate Sam. Mm-hmm. And they go outside. And then Sam tries to explain what's been going on to Al, that the bartender has been the one leaping him around. Doesn't know if he's God or Mother Nature or Barbra Streisand or whatever. I'd Sam... be amazing if it was Barbara, wouldn't it? <laughs> Would you? <laughs> hey, Babs. <laughs> well, <laughs> Sam tries to explain everything, but Al thinks Sam is losing it. Don't you think I find the the fact that he didn't believe him after all the things that they've been through at this point was a bit a bit of a stretch, I thought. Yeah, especially as they've had like an evil leaper. And we've yeah. had we've had Al as the devil at one point. Yeah, I remember that. Possibly yeah. the mm-hmm. devil. And it's it's one of those um it's one of those Star Trek things that always bothers me. What do you mean? Well they're on a starship that's gone through all these millions of aliens, time travel, dimensional things, and then someone will come in and go Oh, last night there were voices in my room, and everyone would go, "Oh, you're just dreaming." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. I'd be like, "Fucking aliens!" <laughs> it's always aliens. We've been here too many times. <clears throat> scan the ship. Like yep, yeah. scan the ship, and <clears throat> she'd be like, "Wait, you believe me?" Oh yeah, yeah, I believe you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I assume yeah. exactly. But Al doesn't, does he? He's, no. he's, he thinks that that Sam, as you say, is losing it. Right. Right. And at this point, to be honest with you, it's all getting a bit confusing. It is. It's like they're making mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, pretty much. Because Sam discovers that Al also had an uncle called Stumper, who was also twisted up like the man that Sam saw leap. Mm-hmm. At this point, Al's like, um, I'm leaving, and I'll try and get you out of here. And that's it? Yeah. I, Al doesn't really get much to do in this final episode. No, I mean, if you were Dean Stockwell, you'd be kind of pissed, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, he seems to be uh, written out a bit. But then again, um, I did hear or, or read that um, they weren't sure that this was going to be the final episode at this point, were they? 
Right, they thought there was going to be a sixth season, possibly. Yeah, they, it was conceived, uh, this episode was conceived as that um, it could carry on if they wanted it to, but they could also use it as a series finale if needed. Right, which they did. Mm-hmm. So Bartender Al steps outside and sits next to Sam, and they, they're talking, and, and he says, if you become a priest, and even though the church may move you from parish to parish, don't you still take responsibility? Mm-hmm. Sam points out that a priest can quit. And Al says, well, you can always take a sabbatical before taking a tough new assignment. Which makes Sam wonder if the leaps are going to get harder. Mm. Which kind of, again, sets up another yes. season, really, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. But Sam says he'd just like to go home. But he knows he can't, can he? He's That's got right. a wrong to put right for Al. Yeah. And that comes out of the blue, doesn't it? This whole... Why is that the main... I mean, he's already been through the episode where he didn't do it so why is it suddenly important that he goes back and does it this time i don't know yeah it's mm. it's a strange thing mm-hmm. but he does doesn't he it does um he leaps into beth's home which was al's wife at the time and says mm-hmm. he's a friend of al's and i assume beth sees him, sam as sam at this point because he's not leapt into isn't it He's leapt into a room, but no bodies are there, right? Yeah, I'm guessing that he's, he's actually just physically leaping himself now. Right, which breaks the rules. It does, it does. Yeah. She's scared, but she sits with him. Sam says he's going to tell her a story of a happy ending, but only if she believes him. And he says Al is alive, and he's coming home. Mm-hmm. And she starts to cry. And at this point, Al's photo leaps. Yeah. Which is the other one I don't get. Well, I'm assuming that that's just a metaphor. Right. I'm assuming. That, you know, his, that his life has changed. His life is changing. And he's not um, going to be the womanizing yeah. guy mm-hmm. that he was for these five years. Because if he changes that one thing about, about his ex-wife, the owl that Sam knows is not going to be the same owl, is it? Mm, that's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting if they had done another season. Yeah, would he have even been in it? Because I mean, yeah. he used to say that he became involved in the Quantum Leap project. Yeah, so they either would have written him out or he would have had to play, play a different character. True, mm-hmm. mm. interesting. So then we go to Fade to Black and we get a text on screen saying Beth never remarried. She and Al have four daughters and celebrate their 39th wedding anniversary in June. And then there's a little gap. And mm-hmm. then we get the final text that says Dr. Sam Beckett never returned home and that's the end of it and that's the end of quantum leap I, I, at the time i remember feeling really unsatisfied and let down by that it's emotional though the fact that he never returned home yeah but i mean after five seasons all you get is a little bit of text saying that he never returned home and that's it end of oh, yeah. particularly when you when you when you <clears throat> it comes in an episode that is incredibly confusing. Right. And breaks a lot of rules of what you've seen up to this point. Mm-hmm. As you say, almost like they don't really know what it is they're actually trying to do. Right. The writers. You mm-hmm. know. I'd be interested to to hear, <clears throat> you know, if there were any interviews from the writers and they tried to justify what it was that they did and explain what was going on. Well, didn't Belisario write this himself? Well, there you go. There you go. And as I say, that, I know that it was conceived as a as an ending but also as a possible way for it to carry on afterwards right so that's probably why it's really vague isn't it yeah the whole concept of it so maybe they would have explained it further if they had carried on yeah maybe so most of the episodes seem to follow a a formula 
Mm-hmm. Um, they created the rules that Sam could only leap within his own time from birth to present, but they broke that in one episode where he leaped into the Civil War. Yeah, they, they, didn't they say that it was something to do with his... Um, descendant, DNA. right? His descendant, it was his know, DNA. descendant, ascendant, isn't it? The yeah. other way, yeah. Nah, yeah, mm-hmm. so they did that, and then they had the, the run of where there was an evil leaper who was trying mm-hmm. to turn things wrong that he'd already corrected. I quite enjoyed those episodes, actually. Yeah, the, um, it was, it was a woman, thing. right? It was, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we had the one episode where it appeared, it was a horror episode where it appeared that the devil had taken over Al. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, so they did a lot of interesting things in between the, the formulaic mm-hmm. episodes. Um, some were played for laughs, some yeah, were the, emotional. The, the, the one that springs to mind is the um, where he leaps into the body of a chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get to, you had some fun ones. You had a vampire episode. You had an alien abduction episode. You had right. um, they pretty much covered it, every major genre yeah. and trope. I mean, it dealt with a lot of subjects. You know, disability, women's rights, race relations. You know, it did some deep stuff in between the the, the jokey ones. Yeah. So, what do you think of Quantum Leap? Well, I haven't seen it for a long time, and I yeah, you know when you can we talk about that. A lot, yeah, of show, yeah. a lot of shows that we like from the 80s, we rewatch here and there throughout the time. But mm-hmm. I have never gone back to Quantum Leap since it was shown on Tuesdays at 9pm in the UK mm-hmm. on BBC Two. Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to think why that is. And I think it's because each episode is set in a different place uh, and he plays a different character. So mm-hmm. you don't have that familial grouping to go back to like every other show like Miami Vice you have the same actors it's like watching friends that you've seen before and going back to a certain place and the location is a character for this you don't have any of that so it's Mm -hmm. like well what episode do I watch because they're all got a different setting and a different story Mm -hmm. so I wonder if that's the reason why I just never bother going back to it yeah, that that would make sense, and I'm kind of with you on that as well, a little bit as well. I mean, I don't think I'd sat and watched it properly since when it was originally on. And as I said, I think I said the last time we talked, um, I've had the box set sitting on the shelf for about five years, and I've right. never looked at it. Do you think you'll watch more now? Well, this is the thing. I, I was worried about going back to it because I thought I, I really did love it when it was on. Mm. Um I never missed it, and I really enjoyed it. And I was worried that going back, it would be like when we went back and looked at things like um, Knight Rider. Oh, you know, yeah. where... that was great. <laughs> but, uh, episode Wait. number one. That's right, episode number one of Retrospection. Still yeah. available. Yeah. Um, but not if you don't pay us any money. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I was worried that it would, it would be like that, that it would be disappointing and that it would be a bit of a letdown. But I have to say, I, I enjoyed going back. Um, yeah. And I think I probably would watch more, because I did watch more than these two. Oh, I watched, you, I watched you, a few more episodes. You put work into this podcast. I did indeed. Well, yeah. as much as watching TV could be classed as work. <laughs> it also kind of helped though. I, I mean, I watched a few episodes um, with my wife because she's a, she was always a big Quantum Leap fan, and she knew that we were doing it for the podcast, so she uh-huh. wanted to sit in for for a lot of it. Okay. Um, so maybe I wouldn't have watched more if if, it, if I didn't have that reason. But um, right. but I enjoyed what I watched. I watched um, 
the trilogy episodes where um he it's all about a little girl and he, he leaps into her life at various points in her life okay and it, it was really really well written and and, and very good so I, I yeah i if you, judging these two episodes separately i mean i think the pilot on its own it's a near perfect pilot for a tv show i think yes would, would right, you say right. yeah yeah it's very good mm-hmm it gets its concept across to the audience really quick and easily. Um, I like the Back to the Future vibe. Um, Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell just nail it from the beginning, don't they? The... It, yeah, it's hard to tell Scott Bakula hasn't gone on to be more prolific because he's he, pretty good in Quantum Leap in that he, he gets is. to play a lot of different types of people. Uh, it's a dream show for a lead actor. Definitely, yeah. And he does have, he has, he's very charismatic. He's got a lot of star quality. So yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a little cheesy at times, but it didn't really bother me. Right. And, and I know we poked fun at the, the poor effects, but as you say, you don't really mind it. Not really. They don't, I mean, they don't have many in the show. No. And, and the pilot, as I, as I say, I think it's a perfect start to the, um, to the series. Mm-hmm. As far as the, the, the mirror image episode goes, um, at the time when this was on, I had a problem with it because I found it very unsatisfying and it's still confusing. But I didn't hate it as much as I did the first time around. There, there were things in it that, that I quite liked. I think the problems with it are, are down to the fact that it was conceived as a as a, an episode that could go on or could end. But overall, as a series, um, I think it's a hit. Quantum okay. Leap, and and yeah, I think I might actually watch some more. So go on. No, I'm pretty much exactly the same. I, I can't really find anything that I would say differently, to be honest. Um, I still like the show. I, I possibly will watch some more of them. Probably pick and choose rather than watch the whole thing. I, I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and try out the uh, Evil Leaper ones again. That would be interesting. Yeah, and the Devil one that you mentioned, that's quite Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I also think it's a hit. I don't really have much more to say because you've covered it very well. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Doesn't that just, the fact that we agree and we love it so much gives you a warm feeling inside, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but I might have just wet myself. <laughs> well, it has been a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Quantum Leap's a hit. Go out and rent it, watch it, and enjoy. Yeah, just don't try and make love to it. You can do. We're not ones to judge. No, you're definitely not one to judge. <laughs> I never judge. <laughs> no, he knows you. It's not the same thing. <laughs> so what are we doing next time? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you want to be a hero? I do. Then well, you're going to... Well, it, it as much as, you know, as long as I can be a hero dressed as a um, First World War nun, I'd quite like to do that. Okay. I, that can be arranged. Do you want to be a, a hero? A hero of the sky? I'd rather be a nun. Okay. So, in our next episode, we're going to be doing Biggles. Biggles. The yeah. classic that is Biggles. The, the motion picture, I guess you would call it. It is. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this would be fun. For us. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun just for us. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as I said to you the other week, I do this uh, purely... For my benefit. Yeah, it keeps you off the streets. So really, you're doing it for the nation's benefit. I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so join us in our next episode when we'll be taking a look at Biggles. If you'd like to suggest a film or TV show, or if you'd just like to say hello because Paul gets lonely, you can email us at retrospection at email.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Retrospecky, and you can find us on Facebook. And if you'd like to listen to the themes and the songs that are in the TV shows and films that we've taken a look at, you can find our playlist on Spotify. And if you would like to keep our old episodes online and keep this uh, mediocre quality at this level, then please think about sponsoring us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash retrospection. And the way that you kind of screwed that line up just sums it up completely, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, yeah, it wouldn't work if it was professional, would it? (laughs) I I screwed it up on purpose. Oh, of course. That's how good this is. It is. It is. So much thought. Slick. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for listening and downloading, or downloading and listening, whichever way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to download and listen. Do you? Mm. I don't do either. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.